This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. everybody and welcome to another brand new episode of the Proton Pack podcast. It's episode 75. I'm Christian and with me always is the Orco to my He-Man. Say hey, Tone. Hey, guys. Wand of glass, clean my room, sweeping through like a broom. Yeah, we're cooking. <laughs> I should have done it up like John Cena, right? The, the colorful bright shirt and the hat. I was saying beforehand, you're looking very patriotic. So Very patriotic. Uh, little Charlie tr- Nady, Trooper. little red, white, and blue for you. little red, well, f- white, and blue. What? Words are hard, but this is the wrong show for that. Exactly. Nah-ha. Nah-ha. What I was going to say is at the top of the show, we like to remind everybody to follow us online. You can see right below us uh, where you can find us on the Proton Pack podcast, anywhere you get social media. And, uh, you know, follow us, comment, like, subscribe, uh, do what you need to there. I like turtles. And always like turtles. Yeah. Don't you like that we eliminated the shameless plug so we could actually talk reviews now? Exactly. We're no longer plugging as many things anymore. <laughs> which is the perfect segue because we do want to get into our review this week, which is Masters of the Universe Revelation. Uh, hit Netflix about a week, week and a half ago from uh, executive producer, head writer, Kevin Smith. And uh, obviously this Ooh, is that's the- Silent Bob. <laughs> this is the continuation of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe that we grew up with, the Funmation, uh, you know, a really cheesy show back in the day. Obviously had fond memories, had all the toys, but it wasn't a very good show. And so, uh, you know, Kevin Smith, who is a big fan, really sort of hyped us up about, uh, you know, what the show was going to be about. And so uh, it is out now, the first five episodes, which is basically part one of season one. Uh, We still have yet for part two, the final five episodes of season one to be released. But with that being said, we wanted to give our review of it. Now, Tony, I know that you've only seen, well... Most of one episode. <laughs> of this yeah, we covered this before. I, I had it spoiled by doing pop culture kaboom with Jimmy, so I know about it. I know how <laughs> pissed off he was about it. So I, I tell Christian before the show, I'm like, "So when did such and such happen?" He goes, "On oh, the first episode, I thought you watched it. Oh, I must have fallen asleep because I don't recall that happening. Because it's a pretty big pivotal, pivotal moment in the series. Um, I'm just going to say probably the the most positive thing about the show." The animation is bitching. They need to bring back hand-drawn animation like it. It is so cool. They've got the characters um, that uh, you would expect uh, from our childhood. They just look so great. So 
I'm going to put over the animation, but now I'm going to let the Rant City USA happen soon. <laughs> Have at it, Mr. Phoenix. <laughs> so, uh, you know, going in, my expectations were on the high side. And I'll start with the good stuff first. Uh, as you mentioned, the animation is phenomenal. The action scenes are beautiful. I uh, don't really care for the little, like, CG vehicles that they decided no, to throw in yeah, there. Yeah, that's kind of stupid. I, I agree with that. Little wonky, but uh, at the same time, animation absolutely beautiful this yeah it's what you expected the 80s cartoons to look like from the uh uh, the opening credits but they never did you know they were always you know awful and cheesy um you know the overall storyline i i like that they kind of turn things on their head a little bit that uh you know you've got uh, villains who are now kind of anti-heroes. You've got uh, uh, previous heroes who have gone off and, uh, you know, are, are, are sort of hermits and, and you know, they've, uh, they're living their own lives. And then you've got other villains who have, you know, taken the fact that Skeletor is dead. Spoiler alert. And, uh, you Spoiler know, alert. Done their own thing. And along those lines, I don't even mind the fact that they killed off He-Man and Skeletor in the first episode. We know they're coming back, but uh, it's really more of Tila and the Masters of the Universe as opposed to He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Now for my gripes. Um, Griping time. First one is uh, the names. Obviously, He-Man wasn't the most original names to begin with, but it's almost like they went cheesy with the names just to continue that tradition at one point i think it's episode two they talk about the glove of globula which is just a terrible name the glove of globula and then i think my gobby gobby gooby give it (laughs) and then i think my biggest gripe is that kevin smith went totally woke on this sort of knee-jerk reaction to everything that's happening out in the social world these days and, and don't get me wrong, you know, I, I I have no problem. I encourage, you know, everything that's happening as far as equality and women's empowerment and, uh, 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 you know, the sexual revu- revolutions. But Kevin Smith decided to pack all of those in together and basically make Tila a women's empowered lesbian with a girlfriend who happens to be African-American written into the show just for that fact. And that's what bugs me. The fact that, uh, you know, people are, are going above their, you know, going to the extreme to try and think that they're writing wrongs, but it doesn't serve the story. Well, if it serves the story, great, do that. But if it doesn't, you know, don't don't do it just for the sake of, well, this is what's popular out in the social world these days. And, uh, you know, so that that's what we're going to do. We're going to pack it all into to this, you know, super woke version of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. And I'm sure that's what Jimmy's gripes were uh, when he saw it as well. Oh, he was pissed. Like, he, you know, the fact that Kevin Smith kind of lied to everybody and didn't say, okay, he didn't just forthcome and say, okay, well, you know, this is the Masters of the Universe, but it just it's not going to be based around He-Man this time. It's the Masters of the Universe. So we're going to focus on different characters, and I don't not so much He-Man. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it kind of led some fans thinking this is more He-Man. But it's really, like you said, it's about Tila. And, you know, I'm still in for the story. I I already kind of know what goes on. I've had it spoiled already. But I'm still going to watch it, legit watch it. And, uh, again, the animation, aside from that weird CGI, because I saw the little shark, uh, what is it, that shark vehicle? 
Uh-huh. I was like, oh, that looks a little hokey, but it was cool to see it. It looked like the toy had appeared on the screen and the animation was around it. It was weird. right. Right. Like yeah. a uh, robot chicken episode almost. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what I was thinking <laughs> on that. But uh, hey, it's on Netflix now. If you guys uh, let us know below what you think. Are you watching uh, Masters of the Universe reboot? Let us know below. Let us know what you think. And, uh, you know, agree to disagree. I mean, the animation is there and uh, I love it for that <laughs> exactly. a- aspect alone. So. Well, folks, that does it for our first segment, our review of Masters of the Universe Revolution. Revelation. When we come back, we're going to be talking TV news, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, we do something right here, huh? It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah! Full of exclusive loot, fun surprises, and deliver to your door every month! Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy! <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Yeehoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it! Welcome back, folks, to the Proton Pack Podcast. We just finished up our first segment with our review of Masters of the Universe Revelation. And now we are into the second segment, which, as we do, we're talking little TV news. Bazinga. The cream of the crop. (laughs) Hey, baby. Let's go, Bob. Excellent. Hail to the king, baby. It's funny, uh, when we record, Tony, there's just a slight delay between it's a delay. It's audio behind, and the video, yeah. which is yeah. funny because, you know, what you're mouthing is slightly delayed from what I'm hearing. It doesn't yeah. go out that way, but uh, I always get a kick out of it. Always All fun. right, let's, let's go and kick off with this first piece of TV news. Well, grab yourself some Limbus bread and an ounce of pipeweed because Amazon, at long last, has announced that its Lord of the Rings TV series will debut on September 2nd, 2022. The series will debut on Amazon Prime in more than 240 countries and territories worldwide with new episodes available weekly. The new epic drama brings to screens for the very first time J.R.R. Tolkien's fabled second age of Middle-Earth's history. Beginning in a time of relative peace, thousands of years before the events of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings books, the series follows an ensemble cast of characters, both familiar and new, as they confront the long-feared reemergence of the of evil to middle earth. In addition to revealing the show's premiere date, Amazon also dropped a gorgeous first look photo on the upcoming series, which I'll uh, be sure to post on our Facebook page. There you go. Walking and we're walking and we're walking again. (laughs) We're walking and walking. I'm actually glad you played that because I was going to list off all of the actors that are in this, but I don't recognize a single name, so uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to do that anyway. So they're just a bunch of 
filthy hobbitses. That's right, back to the shires we goes. Yes! Little shires and more walkings. Yes! More <laughs> and walkings. It still just goes. Yes, that's what it does. My precious on Amazon. I can't stop the musics. Tony, it just keeps you, going. Are you excited for uh, some new Lord of the Rings, uh, Middle Earth? No, oh, and this damn thing won't stop. All right, good smell. You are fine. And that keeps going too. <laughs> okay, rule, rule of thumb: don't play, <laughs> don't play Lord of the Rings sound bites. So just as long as the damn movie. Exactly. No, I'm not excited, and I'm not watching these. I don't have time for that. It's a lot to take in. There's, I mean, a lot of TV to watch. I'll probably check it out. I enjoyed the Lord of the Rings movies. They hopefully, were good movies. Yeah. Hopefully not each episode is, uh, uh, you know, an hour and a half. Um, it's just too much. I'm going on an adventure. I'm scared oh, I'm to press this. Oh, good. It was just that. Ooh, nice and short. <laughs> I was waiting. Well, let's head on over from uh, Middle Earth and Amazon over to Disney Plus, where uh, Marvel and Disney Plus's Moon Knight series may be getting another villain. According to Gaspard Uliel's talent agency listing page, the actor has been cast as Anton Mogart, a.k.a. Midnight Man. The villainous character made his first appearance in Moon Knight number three, 1981, and is described as someone who delights in collecting rare works of art. And by collecting, he means stealing, of course. He steals simply for the thrill of it and enjoys displaying the goods in a New Jersey mansion filled with priceless artifacts and rarities. After an encounter with Moon Knight, Mogart fell into a river and was eventually spit out of a drainage viaduct in New York City. While floating in the waste, the combination of chemicals ate away at Mogart's flesh, leaving him deformed. Blaming Moon Knight for his situation, Anton Mogart resurfaces as the villain Midnight Man and seeks revenge against the right fist of Khonshu, also known as Moon Knight. Evidence of Uliel's casting was made clear by Hamilton Hodel, the actor's casting agency. Assuming the casting call is legit, Uliel will join Oscar Isaac as Mark Spector and Ethan Hawke for the anticipated superhero series. Um, I'm excited for this. I, I read a couple of the Moon Knight comic books uh you know, back in the day, but don't know much about it. So uh, I'm excited to see the Marvel treatment, what they do with it. And Oscar Isaac, let's face it, is just a great actor. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm excited. No, for I just it. got body. Oh, my God. Holy, Holy shit. Whoa. Just said Marvel. Yeah, Tony's I pushing buttons at random at this point. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. Just said Marvel. So I thought I was just going to do like a little Marvel, like, thing i did not expect for that guy to yell holy shit it's a good thing that we're not regulated so that's a good thing yeah but um yeah no oscar isaac uh is gonna be awesome and and marvel does such a good job with obscure characters that you don't know about and they make them uh exciting to the point that you care and uh i'm very excited i don't know much about moon knight and i look forward to learning along like everybody else I do too. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things that obviously we got to wait till next year for that. But what we don't have to wait till the end of the year for is uh, Marvel Studios and Disney Plus just wrapped up their third series uh, uh, as Loki finished its season one run as uh, most popular Marvel show to date. I don't know if that sentence I just read made any sense whatsoever. I am Ron Burgundy. 
<laughs> According to Marvel Studios Executive Vice President of Film Production, Production Victoria Alonso, we will see their next two offerings before the end of the year. During a chat with Variety, Alonzo confirmed that both Hawkeye and Miss Marvel would arrive on Disney Plus before the end of 2021. Alonzo didn't provide an exact date or time frame for the premieres, but with the animated What If Marvel series debuting in August, that leaves us with about four months for the other two shows to make their arrival. And then uh, I know as of this article, uh, Hawkeye's was announced for September, right? Yeah. So uh, we'll probably see Hawkeye in September, maybe Miss Marvel in November. But uh, it's awesome that we're getting more Disney Plus Marvel yeah. shows. And we have What If that starts uh, next week? Next week, the 11th. Next week, we get the What Off. Uh, what Off. What, what If. Off. And I've been seeing the trailers. The trailers look cool. Yeah, yeah. And it uh, plays directly into the whole multiversal uh, split that's happening right now. Uh, obviously, going into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse Madness. We've got uh, Spider-Man um, not far from home. Uh, home, no. Uh, it is far. It's uh, far from home. It is far from home. Yeah, far I, from I home. Mix well, they get confusing because you have Homecoming and uh, what was the second one? That's the one I always confuse it with is yeah. Uh, um, I don't no know. way home. Oh no, the this one's no way home. That this one was no way home. home. Far from home. Yeah, Whew. they're confusing. Yeah. Thanks, Marvel, for making that. The game. home. Yeah, we're just gonna call this the home trilogy. So, <laughs> homecoming. Far from home. No way home. So, with that being said, you know we had just a, a small trio of TV news today. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna head into the break. We've got a lot of movie news to cover, so don't go anywhere. We will be right back. We are back, folks. This is the crew. Uh, no, this is the Proton Pack. <laughs> Almost confused it with our other show tone. Uh, we just finished up our TV news, and uh, you know we've got quite a bit of movie news for you, but not before we get into the weekend box office report. So another big screen adaptation of a Disney theme park ride was the top draw for crowds this weekend as Jungle Cruise opened in first place with an estimated $34.2 million. Of course, it was also available on Premier Access on Disney Plus for the low, low price of $30 as well. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's no surprise that this was number one. The boys went and saw it. They enjoyed it. They thought it was a lot of fun. Tony, give your quick 10-second uh, review of Jungle Cruise because I know Sense. you saw it as well. 10 second review, rock and blunt, good chemistry, a lot of fun. It's a Disney movie. It opens with Metallica, nothing else matters in an orchestra symphony. Uh, fun, fun, fun. Go see it. A plus, two thumbs up. Loved it. Awesome. Well, in second place was the period fantasy epic, The Green Knight, opened with 6.78 million. Big difference between number one and number two. Oh, uh, yeah. R-rated release uh, from indie company A24. Uh, cost less than $30 million, so they're all well on their way. Um, looked like a good movie. Don't, unfortunately, have time to see it, but uh, what do you think, Tone? I gave that on uh, Pop Culture Kaboom. I gave it a blah, and a blah on there means I'd watch it on a streaming service. It looked interesting. Not enough for me to go to a theater to see it, but uh, would I would watch it on uh, streaming, though. All right. Uh, in third place was the M. Night Shyamalan horror thriller Old with six million on its second weekend. Uh, we mentioned last week that you had a chance to see that one. And uh, like you said, it was it, 
Watch it on streaming, maybe not in the theater. Yeah, don't go to theaters yet. Quick 10-second review or less on that. Um, very interesting movie. It's weird, not what you think. Of course, you got to get the twists in there. It's so-so, but uh, just live in the moment, man. Live in the moment <laughs> right now. So, yeah, so-so movie, though. Wasn't bad, wasn't great. All right, good to know. In fourth place was the uh, continuation of Black Widow, uh, bringing in another $6.42 million. Uh, so far, domestically, it's brought in $167 million, $343.5 million worldwide. It'd be interesting to see how much of that they need to give to uh, Scarlett Johansson after the lawsuit, but uh, oh. still a fun movie. Great movie, and I do feel bad. Uh, she got hosed with the whole simultaneously streaming and putting it out, so... It's a little bummer. It probably should be a lot higher, but yeah, it has for the Marvel movies. It has dipped. So yeah, yeah. and we still have no idea what it's earned on Premier Access, and mm. uh, from what they're alleging, uh, she's not being paid on that, those uh, receipts. So, which kind yeah, of she should be. You know, and the Rock's in the same boat. He ain't getting paid from it. But also, you know, they should get something. I mean, there should be some type of revenue they're getting for that. Yeah. In fifth place was the new Matt Damon drama Stillwater with $5.1 million. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen much about it, but uh, maybe something I'll catch on streaming uh, a little bit later on. Definitely a streaming type movie. His daughter is a fugitive in another country. He's got to go save her because she's found guilty for a murder she didn't commit. Mm. But it's like Jason Bourne, but not. Gotcha. Yeah. So. All right. And then we'll run down the... Uh, back end of the top 10 here in uh so with number six was space jam a new legacy with another 4.26 million snake eyes in seventh place with four million in eighth place was f9 the fast saga with 2.65 million ninth place escape room tournament of champions with 2.2 million surprised that's still up there and then in 10th place was the boss baby family business with 1.3 million that's fine I nice can't believe Snake, Snake Eyes has fallen quite a bit. Wow. It has. Nice to see that the top 10 is all over a million dollars at this point, though. Yeah, that's good. So then, you know, they're doing well. So the box office is doing good. Hopefully this new round of masks and pandemic crap didn't slow it down. So Exactly. And uh, we have a big movie we're looking forward to this weekend with the Suicide Squad. So uh, that's one I'm definitely going to catch in theaters. Oh, absolutely. I'm going to I got to go see it tomorrow night because I got to review it for Jimmy's show Sunday, although we're doing the Sunday show Friday because I'll be at 10 years on Sunday and <laughs> busy, busy, man. You got to fit the radio stuff in when you can. So exactly. Well, that does it for the box office report. Let's go ahead and get into that movie news. And here we go. Are you the key master? Laugh it up, fuzzball. <laughs> we came, we saw, we kicked it down. This baby hits 88 miles per hour. They're going to see some serious shit. Yeah, we will. Well, kick yeah, Doc Brown, dirty language! Kicking things off here on the movie news. Uh, we talked about him a little bit at the top of the show, but uh, this goes to a different project he's working on. In 1994, Kevin Smith's filmmaking career kicked off with the indie hit Clerks, which also served as the first installment of the View Askewverse shared universe. While that movie's starring characters would later pop up in other movies set in that shared universe, in 2006, Smith returned to his roots with Clerks 2. Now, a decade and a half later, it's been announced that Clerks 3, which Smith has been developing in one form or another since early 2010, will soon begin filming with the filmmaker sharing some new details for us to chew on. He said... There's a saying from the Tao that goes something like, to be great is to go on, to go on is to go far, to go far is to return. Thanks to Lionsgate, we got 
we get to return to where it all started with almost the whole cast that started it all. And for the first time since the first time we ever made a movie in 1993, we're shooting the entire flick on location in New Jersey as an ode to both the enduring allure of cinema and the resourceful resourcefulness and lunacy of its storytellers. Years ago, Dante and Randall made me a filmmaker, so now it's time I return the favor. Uh, you know, of the Kevin Smith projects, this is probably the one that I've been looking forward to the most. It's been the most long awaited and, uh, I'm excited to see what he does with it. As long as he doesn't turn it into a horror flick, which we know Kevin Smith is not great at. Yeah. Sequels are typically from Kevin Smith. Not great. Um, Clerks 2 was fantastic. He took an original, he took the, the fun of one, but threw it in a fast food joint. But I have high hopes for part three. I'm not going to go with low expectations because you are going back. Um, this time it's, I, you know, it's about Dante wanting to film a movie of his life and all that stuff. So that'll be a fun take a nice spin on Kevin Smith's life. And you bring him back. Um, uh, what was his name? Uh, in uh, Clerks 2, the geeky one, the one ring. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're, bringing, they're bringing him back, too. So I think it'll be funny. And it's going to have Rosario Dawson back as Becky. Um, you've got Dante. Last week, we saw them. They moved to Florida. And uh, no, they were supposed to move to Florida. And he stayed behind because he got Becky pregnant. So he's got a kid now. Um, this should be fun. I look forward to this. It's uh, Clerks 3. Sign me up. Uh be kind of funny if they did it in black and white to be honest with you i hope they do kind of so kind of, uh, kind of maybe go in and in between just exactly. as an homage yeah so <laughs> well let's move on to our next story and uh, this one came kind of out of left field paramount is developing yet another teenage mutant ninja turtles movie and they're putting some top comedic talent behind it according to variety the studio has enlisted colin and casey jost of Saturday Night Live, to write the heroes in a half-shell's next big-screen adventure. Variety's report notes that this movie is separate from the CGI animated Ninja Turtles feature that Paramount is simultaneously producing. That film counts Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg among its producers and is set to bow on August 11th, 2023. But unlike that project, the Jost Brothers movie will be live action. Uh, plot details are being kept under wraps for now. Obviously, it's just newly announced, but... Uh, do you think we need even more Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, CGI, live action? I just hope that they finally do it justice. Yeah, I think I'm excited for it. Anytime you bring back the Ninja Turtles is a good thing. I didn't like the rise and I hope nothing of this is based on the rise. I hate when they take something that's already out there and then they try to reimagine it. It's like, just come up with your own stories, stick to the true. I mean, take the true material and <clears throat> go forth with it. Um, I'd love to see like animation like I hyped up with uh, Masters of the Universe. I'd love to see a uh, old school Ninja Turtles, kind of like when we saw that arcade, yeah, the new arcade game that's yeah. coming out, which we haven't heard nothing for a long time about. But uh, that opening animation was so bitching. Like I'd love to see that. Um, the Jost Brothers, I know, is going to be more family friendly, um, live action. As long as they look better than they did in Michael Bay's Turtles, I'm excited. I'm and very excited to hear what Seth uh, Rogan's is. I call him, I was calling him Rogan, but <laughs> Rogan's and Elias is what that guy's name was in Clerks 2. Uh, and I hope that uh, this version of TMNT doesn't pander as much to the audience as uh, the Michael Bay ones did. Uh, yeah, you know, they had their merits, but at the same time, it, it did a lot of pandering. So, 
So uh, with that being said, let's move from Give me some Casey Jones and some badass April O'Neil. Exactly. And some mutants that, you know, mutagen man and uh, uh, God. um, Mondo Gecko. Yeah, maybe maybe not that far down the line, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> what about was that Muckman and Joe? Yeah, or the Rat King, or something along those. Oh lines. yeah, Rat King would be good. You definitely have not Leather done the Rat King in a movie. Yeah, and Metalhead, like right. Cool. Well, moving on from TMNT to the world of DC. Well, DC Films Universe has finally found its Barbara Gordon. Today, it was confirmed via the rap that In the Heights star Leslie Grace will be playing Barbara Gordon. In the Heights! In a live action beginning uh, with a Batgirl solo movie that is set to debut exclusively on HBO Max. The film, which has been in the works in some capacity since 2017, has ramped up development in recent months, enlisting Miss Marvel and Bad Boys for Life directors Adil L. Arby and Bilal Falah to help the up helm the upcoming project. The background script is written by Christina Hodson, whose work includes birds of prey and the upcoming flash movie. Uh, Tony, your thoughts on Leslie Grace as Barbara <laughs> Gordon and uh, you know what this movie is going to be. I think it'll be good. I always like new takes on Gotham and all that stuff. Um, always hold reserve and yeah, on casting until I actually see it. Cause DC doesn't have a good track record in putting these things together typically. So um, no. we'll see though, man. Uh, I don't mind the uh, casting at all. I don't, I'm not familiar with her work, but I'm sure she'll be a fine Barbara Gordon. So, you know, for me, it's one of those things kind of goes back to uh, my qualms with masters of the universe. The casting seems a little knee jerk, you know, woke for the whole, you know, social climate that we're living in right now. One of the defining characteristics for me has always been Barbara Gordon as a redhead. She was a fiery redhead. And that's, you know, that with the purple suit defines who Batgirl Barbara Gordon is. Casting an African-American actress, I I have no doubt she's going to do fantastic in the role, but not necessarily Barbara Gordon. So, again, you know, those are just terms. You do those things. It's nuts. But you have some great filmmakers. You've got a great writer behind it. So it'll be interesting to see for sure. Yeah, I agree with you. It'll uh, be interesting and we'll see uh, and we'll report it as we go along. Let us know what you guys think below. If uh, if you like the casting and stuff, it's definitely a mostly interactive show, even though when we do this, it's not live to answer your questions then. But if you leave comments, you know, we will go back and answer them as we see them. Exactly. And before we get to our trailer of the week, we've got one more story here in TV news. Well, Disney tapped Taika Waititi with developing an animated Flash Gordon movie two years ago, but it was seen that the project has undergone something of a metamorphosis. While speaking with Collider, producer John Davis said that the Flash Gordon movie is now being developed as a live action project. Taika is writing it, Davis said. It was a movie that was a huge influence on him growing up. It was one of his favorite movies. He initially said to me, let's do it animated. I said, okay. Then we got into it and started developing, and he said, no, let's do it live action. I said, even better. Uh, I am excited to see Taika Waititi's take on a Flash Gordon movie, knowing how wacky and crazy, you know, he likes to uh, create his universes. Just look at Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a fun, fun ride. I do, too. I mean, he does the space movie so well, and uh, I'm excited for Thor Love and Thunder, what he brings to that. And he's just entertaining as hell. So he's just he's a very entertaining guy. Absolutely. 
And then before we head into the break, I mentioned uh, we're going to drop our trailer of the week now. It is a uh, trailer that we did just a few weeks back, but this is the second version of that. We're talking Venom, Let There Be Carnage, shows a whole lot more, a lot more fun, a lot more carnage for sure. And so uh, let's take a look at it now. We should be out there snacking on bad guys. I am a predator. I need to be free. You have got to get control of your aggression, or you will get hauled off into Area 51. Oh, more shriek. You live in my body. You live by my rules. I'm sorry. I don't know what people want to be. Let me fix it. Fuck it again. You are a loser. One's the loneliest number. It is. I want to give you my story. People love Daily Bugle killers. Please, why me? It's mine. It's yours. And what's yours? It's mine. I have tasted it before, and that is not it. I ever wanted in this world is Cardi. I hope they make it R rated. I'm not a crazy man. Are you vengeful? Oh, shit. <laughs> Whoa, where you going? That's a red one. You need to come out right now. I will let you eat everybody. Promise. I promise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Betty, you feel like home to me. Like family. You could just say, I'm happy for you. That was going to be us. I am happy for you. No! I'm <laughs> sorry. Let's do some serious couples counseling. Oh, man, that looks like so much fun. I can't wait. It looks like a good one. Yeah, looks really good. Good humor. Good action. Uh, yeah, good group of actors, too, you know. But I agree. Did we catch? Did it say it was R-rated at the end of that one? They haven't given it a rating yet, so I, I, I hope, hope it's it is. Our, yeah, yeah. So probably, well, folks, was the last one was PG, right? PG-13. 13? Yeah. yeah. Well, folks, that does it for our movie news and our trailer of the week. When we come back, we're going to be talking video game news. Don't go away. Well, folks, we are back to the fourth and final segment of this episode of the Proton Pack Podcast. We covered TV news. We covered movie news. Now it's time to get into video games. Hey, man, you want to play some video games? So this first story here on the video game news gave me a little chuckle. Um, 
and you'll see why. So McDonald's Australia, the fast food chain, announced last week that it would give away a limited number of special edition PS5 controllers, each customized to include illustrations of burgers and fries along with an asymmetric white, red, and yellow color scheme. It kicked off an internet-wide discussion on whether they were cool or not, all of which turned out to be academic when Sony reportedly stepped in to block the controllers from being released at all. As it turns out, the McDonald's PlayStation 5 DualSense controller was never actually meant to be advertised in the first place. IGN learned that the design was an internal concept that never left the planning phase, let alone something McDonald's approached PlayStation about. In a statement from McDonald's Australia, the company confirmed that the image was provided to media in error and there was no commercial relationship between McDonald's Australia and Sony PlayStation. This is in addition to the previous statement from the company about Sony PlayStation not authorizing the use of its controller in promotional materials. Tony, have you seen the uh, the controller in question? I did, yeah. And I, at first I was thinking, man, that's badass to get in your Happy Meal, Sony controller. Oh, yeah. Dude, you're just going to keep going. F that, man. Why spend 50, 60 bucks on a controller? I'll play with a stupid, ugly McDonald's controller if I had a right? PS5, but... <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, I thought that's what I thought at first. Then I read the article and I go, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like, if Sony knew what was good for them, they should partner up with McDonald's now and release it as a <clears> super <throat> special edition. You know, obviously, uh, you know, it garnered some buzz. People are excited about it. So, uh, you know, why not? Yeah. Partnership, man. It's uh, more advertisement for you, advertisement for them, and uh, promotes laziness and obesity. <laughs> McDonald's sitting on your ass playing video games. So right, right. All you need is like a clip-on fry holder, uh, and, and yeah, the whole life is complete. Right here, I got my nuggets. I got my French fries. Look at big sauce. Ooh, get on my, get on my shirt. I'm ready to game. Well, let's move on the, from the world of Sony and PlayStation and McDonald's to uh, Nintendo and uh, Apple. I do have some sad news to report that Doctor Doctor Mario World game on ios is officially shutting down as announced by nintendo oh uh, no in-app purchases are already gone and the game will have been removed in november this year dr mario world is a tetris style game that features the titular nintendo character in the doctor's uniform (laughs) the objective of the game is to destroy different colored viruses using medicine capsules with the same color Match three of the same color, and it will disappear from the screen. The first ga- uh, the game first debuted on the NES and became popular among puzzle enthusiasts. 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 Well, it is Wednesday, so yep. like we say on another show, words are hard, right? <laughs> In a statement, Nintendo mentioned that they would like to thank everyone who has played it, but unfortunately, the game service will end November 1st this year. Starting July 28th, in-game diamonds can no longer be bought. Player history will be preserved in Dr. Mario World Memories, a page that will go live when the game officially ends. Users can choose to view their history there or delete their save data on the iOS app. It's a bummer. I enjoy that game. It's a good toilet game. It is. My problem with the Nintendo uh, iOS games is they were fun when they first came out, but I never went back to play them because when you really wanted to play them, it was on the plane or somewhere like that. You had to be connected but, to the internet. Yeah, yeah. Always had to be connected to internet or uh, have a good phone service. And I, not always. So I lost interest in a lot of them. So, like, I couldn't tell you the last time I played Mario Kart iOS or, you know, Mario Run or even Dr. Mario. I have them all. 
Well, right. the thing is, you know, the game already exists. Why not just leave it in the app store, let people download it as it is, take out the yeah. app purchases and just continue playing it, you know, the, the current version. Yeah, because it is fun for what it is. Reminded yeah. me, I kind of forgot when I saw the article, I was like, oh, crap, I forgot about that game. And it's funny because it sits on my phone, just like all the other ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most of them do, unfortunately, but uh, great bathroom fodder. Well, let's move on with more slightly sad news. You know, game delays have become even more prevalent in 2021, and it's not just because of COVID. With the pandemic and other factors still affecting how studios operate for the foreseeable future, that trend will likely continue throughout the year. To track the pandemic's continued impact on game development, IGN compiled a list of every game and notable DLC delay officially announced this year. And I figured we'd run down some of the notable ones there, just let mm. people know. Uh, for instance, Outriders delayed from February 2nd to April 1st, 2021. Um, not a big difference. But based on this, it sounds like it should be out already. Yeah, it should be. I don't know why it's delayed. It should be out. Yeah, and it sounds like that one was about as close to done as could be. Another game would be a Hogwarts Legacy, obviously a Harry Potter action RPG, delayed from 2021 to 2022. No exact date yet, but uh, you're going to have to wait another year for that one. No! Cyberpunk 2077 had a free DLC scheduled for early 2021, but you have to wait till late 2021 for that one. Um, haven't picked it up. Beautiful graphics, but I know they had a lot of issues when it first came out. Oh, that game had so many issues. I, I heard it was super bad. Like you literally have to have a PS5 or a Xbox Series X or S to play it in its proper element. If you have a xbox one or a ps4 you're getting a bunked down version so it ain't worth playing exactly another game delayed is the lord of the rings Gollum, going from late 2021 oh another delay is prince of persia the sands of time remake which was probably the best of the uh, prince of persia offerings delayed from march 18th to uh, 2022 as well. Don't know if I'll go back and pick that one up. Um, that game was fun for its time, but it wasn't one of those over the top, like I'm super excited for. Yeah. Uh, a game that I am kind of excited for uh, when there's time to play it is the next installment of the Gran Turismo series, Gran Turismo 7. Again, delayed from 2021 to 2022. Uh, beautiful graphics. If you've seen the, uh, uh, the trailer for it, looks amazing. Oh, Gran Turismo always. Sony Studios does such a great job in detail in there. And then Microsoft equally tries to compete with Forza, and they also do a really great job. So the Forza and the Gran Turismo uh, games, always awesome for car enthusiasts. They do a great job. Absolutely. Another game that uh, looks beautiful, I was excited about when it was announced, unfortunately delayed from 2021 to 2022, is Gotham Knights. The uh, WB Games uh, game. Oh, I forgot all about that. That's where Robin goes rogue, right? It is, and it looks beautiful. And you can play as Robin, you can play as Red Hood, you can play as Batgirl, pretty much all of the Bat family except for Batman. Yeah, that's – oh, when did that one get delayed to? Uh, 2022. They don't have an exact date for it yet, though. Gotcha. 
Another delay, one I know that you would probably pick up, Tony, is Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, um, going from spring 2021, obviously that's passed already, to an unannounced later date, which, uh, you know, at this point it's sort it's of weird. Yeah. Yeah, which is weird. Like, it's cool they crammed all the Lego games. I kind of feel like the Lego games kind of, at this point, if they lost their luster a bit, like there's so many of them. And yeah. uh yeah, I mean, this one I was excited about because it was you all get the nine third of them. Trilogy, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I like that fact. So, <laughs> oh, and then finally, um, well, I was going to say Resident Evil Reverse, but uh, I think that's been released already. So uh, apparently, this uh, list is a little outdated, but uh, you know, we covered the big notable ones. Well, folks, that's all the time we have for today. That's it. Yeah, yeah, we'll be back next week with a new show. Tony, what would you like to take folks out on? Ah, like I tell you guys every week, thank you so much for watching, listening, subscribing, whether you're listening on Spotify, Google, if you're watching us on uh, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you are, thank you for supporting. And please chime in below. Anything we've talked about today, let us know below while the show is going to air later and it's not live in the moment, uh, we will get to your questions. So if you leave comments and uh, we can interact with you uh, at the time of the video posting. So let us know. Um, thanks again. And you guys have a good one. We'll see you next week with more entertainment. Peace. That's all she wrote. See you folks. I am. Hasta la vista, baby. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Mommy, where's Fluffy? Goodbye.